This week in PlayStation, we're talking about Sony Ben's new logo and IP, Spider-Man sales being ludicrous, and the fact that we saw a behind-closed-doors demo of Stray. We'll have all this and more because this is PSI Love You XOXO. Welcome to the show, everybody. That's Blessing. That's Janet. I'm Greg, and you can get this show on Patreon.com slash KindOfFunnyGames. There, you can watch us record it live, usually. Get it ad-free, always, and also get the weekly post-show we do. If you have no bucks to toss our way, support us on the Epic Game Store, Fortnite, Rocket League, and more with the creator code KindOfFunny, all one word. You can get PSI Love You XOXO for free with ads and without the post-show on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames, Rooster Teeth, and podcast services around the globe each and every week thank you to our patreon producers gordon mcguire fargo brady tyler ross delaney twinning first responder nd olive party from the kf community discord julian the gluten-free gamer alex j sandoval casey andrew james hastings today we're brought to you by me undies and chime but let's start with a psn message from you janet blessing how are you days removed from the one and only state of play I'm doing good, you I'm know. Vibrating with all the excitement that I still feel <laughs> from a week ago. It's funny you say that because Robert writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games blessing Eddie Oye Jr. and says, if you could pick one game from the state of play to release completely finished and polished tomorrow, what game would it be and why? Personally, and this is Robert, of course, uh, he says enter nice, but that's not how you pronounce this one, right? Hey, he put an actually put an end in there. It's tier nights and tier tier nights, because an action game slash dating sim inspired by Persona is one hundred percent my kind of game. Roller skating, game playing, marathon running. Janet Garcia, what would you pick to release? Be perfect, polished, ready to go. Oh, oh, it's perfect. Also, it just yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I, I assume you're not going to pick a game and you're okay. like, I hope it's dog shit. Well, no, I never do, but yet you know. Here <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> here we are uh, but polished and finished, I'm going to go uh, the Resident Evil 4 remake because um, mm -hmm. it'd be chill enough that it's not that deep if no one ends up, if it doesn't, you know, it's like an awkward time for coverage, right? Everyone's getting ready. They're like getting on planes and stuff. I feel like anything else that's new will just kind of get railroaded. But I feel like Resident Evil 4, it has the um, like ip power to still be talked about after the fact and people doing all these different angles and takes but also it has a degree of known quantity so it's not the biggest deal if it wouldn't be able to get like the same attention and coverage in this specific moment in time Let so me tell that's why you, i picked that janet Very garcia specific. student of the game how much i appreciate that you clear your mind but you can't clear the fact that you're in the middle of summer game fest you're like i want this game to succeed it's gonna come out it's gonna be polished it's gonna be finished i don't want it to have to compete with whatever jeff keely's got up his sleeve thursday yeah it just makes sense to have something like this and it, it'd be like chill in a coverage sense because it's not i mean it, it's gonna get crazy coverage when it comes out but it would be the easiest thing to be like oh my god i don't have time to get to this right now it wouldn't be the biggest l if you had to wait the few days to monday or tuesday like i think this a game like this always has a bit of like a long burn because there's so many different 
angles of like comparison videos and graphics comparisons and discussions of the story and people try to speed run it and it'll be a fun time when it does release that can be looked at from multiple angles because we have so many perspectives of people that have played the old one and liked it didn't play the old one replayed the old you know you have all these different kind of permutations so i think that'd be the one that would just be like oh obviously it'd be crazy just get a release date like that but i feel like it wouldn't ruin everybody's lives See, I appreciate you and your selflessness. I, I don't give a shit. I'm going to be selfish. I want close to a protocol right away. I want that right now. With this, you know, is there too much going on right now? It's E3 slash Summer Game Fest things, blah, blah. I don't give a shit. I don't think it would matter. Last of Us came out during an E3. That didn't seem to slow it down one bit. But if I can get Callisto Protocol, come on now, as I've been saying over and over again, striking distance, you know, coming out with a spiritual successor to the original Dead Space, Josh Dumel starring in it. And I'll tell you a straight up blessing. I'm sorry. I don't know what Josh Dumel's from. Is he Grey's Anatomy? Is that right? Transformers. Oh, I'm, you're asking the wrong person. Transformers, come on. I, and, and Bar- Barrett, you give me a million at-bats, I'm never pulling that. Is that out. not Shia LaBeouf? I thought Shia, no, Shia LaBeouf. No, Josh Jamel is the um the guy who's like in the military. He's Optimus Josh Prime? Du- no, he's the military guy. No. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's him. I mean, we, I is believe it not pronounced? No, wait, so is it, is it not all, pronounced Shia LaBeouf? Like, Autotron? What is LaBeouf? Megatron. He, no, he's in Transformers as Captain Lennox. Yeah, he's a military guy. Boy. He was also in When like in Rome Linux PC as Nick. type Transformer? I'm, I'm done talking. Anyways. I'm fucking stoked for this game. What's with the LaBeouf? What's, what, like what's not with the LaBeouf? If we can't have fun with names, Janet, what's the point of having names? Holes is probably one of my favorite movies. I think Shia LaBeouf doesn't get enough credit for how first off, of an actor. Is it not LaBeouf? It is LaBeouf, right? First off, if we're going to come in here talking about Shia LaBeouf's career and not start with Even Stevens, I mean, I don't Even Stevens, know yeah. You. I don't want to no, fucking Even know Stevens, you. yeah. Like, okay. Even Stevens is the one show where I went on a, on a bender when Disney Plus first came out and I watched a bunch of uh, old school uh, Disney Channel shows. And when I say old sure. school, I mean early 2000s. Yeah. And yeah. among all of them, right? I went to Liz McGuire. I went to Phil of the Future. I went to as That's a does. Raven, as one does, right? I watched Wizards of Waverly Place. And among all of them, the one that stood out as this is still a classic. A great show that holds up today is Even Stevens. Even Stevens' sense of humor is perfect, even till till this day. I mean, it is an incredible show. We also have to bring up Holes. You know, Holes is a great movie. That's where we yeah. started, and that's I don't what, like, that's what I brought up before. Yeah. I'm not you at like all holes. attacking Holes. This is good not, book and I, good movie. Very rare. Regular is a huge double fan combo. Regular is a huge fan of Holes. Everybody knows that, and has said that for years. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. But it's the thing that, like, I just, if we're gonna start and we're gonna talk about, like, I knew this kid was something special. It's Even Stevens. Because I'm watching Even Stevens. I got the childhood crush on Ren. I'm like, all of right. Course. But then That's I was like, this shy LaBeouf kid. And I probably wasn't saying his full name. You know what I mean? I was probably saying, what was his name in the show, Stevens? Whatever. Oh, oh the point is, is though, even. You, you weren't saying LaBeouf is the thing. Steven, right? Janet, you don't want to trust me when it comes to pronunciation. Here's the thing. Y'all are not going to drag me for how I say Oscar Isaac because I said Isaac instead of Isaac once. And then that doesn't sound like Shia, something we did. That doesn't sound like something no, we, we did. did. It was a post show. You weren't here, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Me, and, me and Barry <laughs> dragged her through the coals. Yeah, over Isaac versus Isaac. Like, yeah, I, really, you're coming out with you. Nobody and LaBeouf. You know, I've heard it both ways. Um, after uh, the iconic song, out, his name after is that iconic like song, that. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Do we not all see that video? Come on, there's no excuse. No, mm. nah. Anyways, no. it turns out that Josh Duhamel is known for Transformers, but he feels like he look you. You look at Josh Duhamel and you're like, you've been in a lot of stuff as just the guy. He's also you know, from he's, All My Children, if we want to talk about soap See, nobody's going to do that, though. You know, Because yeah. I, I look back, I'm, I'm on his IMDb, and you look opera. back at this, and I'm like, clearly I'm going to run into something where I'm like, oh, that's I remember that. And I don't. I, I thought, isn't Josh Dumel one of the reasons you're excited about the new the, the Callisto Protocol? I thought that was one of your bullet points. It's like, I can't wait to see Josh Dumel in this thing. No, you're telling me you've not, not seen a Josh Dumel thing? No, I def- I would not have lied. Maybe I did it as a gag. 
Mm. Like, I think it's cool that they got an, you know, an actor in there, you know, of some, of some, uh, he's uh, also a Hollywood actor. Oh, that's fair. Win a date with Tad Hamilton and he played the that. role, Tad Hamilton. Oh, there you go. That's how I know him then. Is that the, well, maybe not. Did I watch Tad Hamilton? Janet, did I watch Tad Hamilton? I don't think you did, but you no, are excited for Callisto Protocol, and I do think that'll be an exciting release when it comes out. So and I, that's the wrong. whole I'm point of this. As a horror fan, I'm feasting. I can't complain. Of course, our review of The Quarry is up right now. It's a kind of funny games cast. We talked about, uh, of course, this coming in December, then in January, Dead Space Remake, and then, of course, in March, uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake. So there's a ton of stuff happening, let alone the other Dark Pictures anthology that's out there, let alone all the other yeah, Halloween dude. games, let alone the Ghostbusters that's game, which is, isn't real horror. But, you know. Then we can talk about it, right, The Quarry? Like, since this is a- We can, yeah. This is, Ladies and gentlemen, we are doing one of our infamous kind of funny time loops where we're recording PSI Love You's preview of Stray, but the preview of stray embargo is 6 a.m after we record ps i love you we're recording the games cast where we'll review the quarry and that's going up at no i'm sorry that games cast goes up at 6 a.m which is the, the quarry and then stray goes up at 9 a.m and so that like right now our content will post in the right order but we're recording them out of order oh so we so can talk about it we're yes. recording the first okay. show now but it'll be the second show but now. you're gonna you can't re refer to things you haven't said yet because you haven't recorded it exactly so you're like, where are we gonna come down we review the quarry like what i was gonna say is that now that we've all played the quarry janet have you played the quarry no okay well i'll tell you it's good right now that i played the quarry and i'm like oh the quarry is a banger i'm just i'm even more excited about the next dark picture anthology i'm sure oh, it's not gonna be oh, as good totally. as the quarry but like still supermassive they know what they're doing now i think they got a flow and they just they just know how to make good horror and so now yeah like as a horror fan i i, I put myself in that bucket now right and especially for video game horror i think i am a video game horror fan at this point and welcome I, to the team I, welcome to the party it's great to be here you know as long as there's not like giant hands with a million fingers i'm, I'm down yeah, for it. Uh, uh, josh dumel was also in love simon in 2018 i didn't watch that either though he was I also in taco bell web of fries a it's video time to realize that greg doesn't actually know who this person is but, but he's I, still just really excited to see but him, i look at his face is, and i'm like oh i've seen you in things janet i've seen you in things but then I look at the things he's been in, and I'm like, I haven't seen Maybe him. Maybe it's like a multiverse situation. Like, did you, maybe you dreamed him, and there's a no. version of you who's watched all his films, and you're I mean, like, you, know, you didn't know. Good, Janet, you're, you know, you were quick to uh, bring up a bunch of different things, and you're always there to correct me, because I can ask you if you've seen it, because I've seen it, and then if I haven't seen it, you haven't seen it, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So when you bring up the other one, the Tad Hamilton, that came up in the conversation, right? And you were like, no, you haven't seen that, Greg. You're right, I haven't, but I look at that poster, and I definitely know that movie. So what I'm probably seeing is I'm getting served with, I'm probably in the movie theater back in the day, and I'm getting, it, it, 2004, yeah, I'm in the movie theater there in college. I'm sure I'm getting Tad Hamilton commercials there. It's got Kate Bosworth in it, according to the poster. So, of course, I'm like, oh, Lois Lane from Kate Superman Bosworth. Returns? Come, the upcoming movie Superman Returns, and I'm sure it won't be a huge fucking bomb. No problem. Excited about that. Topher Grace? You're talking about you're telling me the upcoming Venom for Spider-Man 3 is going to be in this movie? Josh Dumel is about to be rocketed to stardom also, thanks to starring next to these comic He also people. voiced Harvey Dent slash Two-Face in the long Halloween uh, uh, adaptation. Seeing that, I would recognize his voice maybe, but yeah. I wouldn't know his face. The more you talk about Josh Dumel, the less I know this man. You know I, what? I don't think I've guys, really it's, time to, it's time to squash the Josh. We're really going to know him on an intimate level. So and that's what I'm saying. We're squ we're going to squash the beef. We're going to get Josh Demel on the show so we, he can just be a kind of funny friend. I don't know what to ask him. Like, sir, who are you? Hey, hey I've can not you heard tell of any of your work. What about yourself? Yeah, like, introduce <laughs> yeah. the audience. Not us. We did our research. We know. But to everyone else who's listening and is ignorant, why don't you just state for everybody everything that you've done? Blessing. What would you have come out right now? Polish, not dog shit.
I did uh, start this off in a sarcastic tone, talking about how I'm still vibrating for my excitement from the last day to play. And that's actually, like, I say it sarcastically. I think that, that is actually true. I'm not going to lie. Like, I look back at the, the list of announcements that we had, and I'm like, oh, shit. That state of play was fire. I, 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 I can't believe we got the stuff that we got. That said, there is one game that I am surprised about my own excitement for, so much so that I'm going to talk about it a bit um, during the What You've Been Playing segment, right? The um, uh, PlayStation Picks, because I've been playing Street Fighter V in anticipation of Street Fighter VI, because Street Fighter VI marketing has been off the chain this last week. They've been marketing this game as if this game is about to come out next month. They've been talking about different like char character moves. They've been showing off different intros. They've been really showing that game off in a way that's been doing that game such a service. And I cannot wait for Street Fighter VI. Again, so much so that I've started playing Street Fighter V. And as I've, as I've been playing Street Fighter V, I've... I think I've become a Street Fighter fan. I think I'm ready to say wow. it. Wow. So today you're only, not only declaring you're a horror game fan, you're a Street Fighter fan. I am, yep, I am both a horror game wow. fan now and I'm a, I'm a Street Fighter fan. This happened. Yeah, like I've been playing ranked uh, over the last like four to five days in Street Fighter Five, and I've just been having a blast using uh, the latest, one of the latest characters added, Luke, who's actually in the Street Fighter Six trailer because he's one of the, he's one of the main characters of Street Fighter Six. It has been such a fun game to, to hop into and I don't want to spill it all here, but I will say that with all the things they've been showing for street fighter 6 like the character intro stuff like if you look at one of the latest trailers they dropped on the their twitter um twitter account they show off like the when you match up online you can press one of the d-pad buttons to like show a facial expression which is a thing pulled directly from classic soul caliber games that i absolutely love but then they show the character i appreciate you put that in kind of funny games daily news today you're like if you uh, here's my quote if you talk about it and i was like oh, i don't know what this is and then when i clicked on it i had to watch it like i'm like what is going on why is this news <laughs> it's very nerdy it's like very specific but like very much um pulls at my heartstrings of like yeah you guys know what you're doing and I, I appreciate it so much. And then you watch the intro and it is um, like fun tidbits about the characters like Ryu is scared of uh, scared of, scared of spiders, but he loves martial arts. Right. And they show like Luke's uh, interest in his fears and all that stuff like they're really going hard in, in terms of the presentation and actually making the Street Fighter feel like they're just throwing everything in here to make it feel vibrant, new and fun. And yeah, I absolutely can't wait for it. I'm really sad that it's 2023. The more I see because they're talking about it and showing stuff like it's about to come out. And if they keep doing this over the next year, it's going to drive me insane because it looks so good. And so this is for sure my answer. All right. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, or mainly Robert, I guess. Janet, Resident Evil 4, Greg, Callisto Protocol, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr., Street Fighter 6. Now, what I found interesting there, what game would we want to come out tomorrow? None of us said Stray, a game that was, of course, shown at the state of play. And Blessing, time for topic of the show. We got to go to a behind-closed-doors preview of Stray. I assume, Blessing, you didn't put it as the game you want to come out tomorrow because you thought it was terrible. No, I didn't put it because it's imminent, right? I think the, <laughs> the, the behind-closed-doors we saw actually has me a little bit more um, excited about it. Stray's been a game that I've been curious about since it was announced. If you remember, it was announced at that first PlayStation 5 showcase that they did in June 2020. Um, you know, it looked different. It looked cool. You're playing as a cat. <laughs> cat, you're walking around the city. You're doing the damn thing. And that was the game. <laughs> that was the what game a description. <laughs> That's what the game is. You're doing your damn thing as a cat walking around the city. And I remember them, I remember them announcing that game, me going, oh, that's a video game, and then looking at the timeline on Twitter, and all my close friends were like, oh, this stray game looks awesome. It looks insane. This looks like I want to be a kitty. I want to be a kitty in the big city. And I was like, first of all, that rhymes. You guys should say it out loud. If you're driving out right now, listen to the podcast. Say that out loud. It rolls off the tongue. It feels great. Hold on, everybody. We're going to take a quick moment of silence so you can say that out loud. 
Okay, go ahead and say, I want to be a city. <laughs> I want to be a kitty. I want to be a city and a kitty. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a kitty in the big city. Say it to yourself. Three, but, two, one. Feels good, doesn't it? It felt it good to good. say it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, but do you know what swished? The, the thing that swished in me regarding this game is within the last year, I've had multiple friends of mine uh, get cats. And I've and okay. hung out with okay. more of my friends that own cats. I've been hanging out with Imran Khan and Rebecca Valentine. They have a cat. And actually, every now and then when they're out of town, me and Michael Hyam will cat sit for them, which means sure. that Michael Hyam cat sits for them. But I see the cats every now and then also. Um, you know, Belinda and Yusef, they have a cat that I hang out with uh, with every now and then. And actually, the list goes on in terms of people that I've Which been, cat's uh, the best? Oh, I can't say Ooh, that. Oh, damn. Like no, you got to say it no. now. Are you going with Belinda's cat? Or are you going with the Rebecca also, and Imran's cat? Imran and, and Rebecca have two cats, right? Now it's a runoff. Cat. There's three cats. There's three cats to decide. For. And I'm pretty sure Yusuf and Belinda have two cats as well. They do. Oh, they also have cats. cats. Yeah. yeah, four cats. Because they have a condition where when he sees two cats, he refuses one in his mind. It's like a no situation. It's like the condition where like, you see, you can't see faces, and so everybody kind of looks the same. I have that. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, you got to pick one. Which one? Right here. No, I'm not oh. picking. No, because if I answer, I that means on. I'm never going to see the other cats again. Because We're these looking are at it right now. We cats. have an Imran tweet up. We are looking at two different cats. There is a gray one and then a multicolored one. I am voting for the multicolored one. That's the wrong answer, Greg. Is it? Sorry, I apologize. Sorry. It's uh, all cats are great. All cats are great. Okay. Oh, I think I asked. Lisa, I, thought, I thought you were going to tell me the, the multicolored one was a racist or something. That's, I, that's better. That's, that got me out of a jam there. Thank you. I feel like. Yeah, no, anyway, I'm just going to just keep going. I feel like I asked Rebecca something like this also when she was on content and she scurred the question as well. Um, yeah, because you can't you can't claim fate. It's like claiming your favorite child. You're going to start the yours. other one. They're not even yours. That's the thing. You're just visiting them. Yeah, but like anyway. uh, if you wouldn't you say your favorite nephew or your favorite niece. You're, you're, these are, you would say it to your close things. friends. You would say it to your close friends. If you're Look, close oh enough. Oh, God. No, oh, not the phone. God, I hate when this happens. Whenever Greg calls somebody, I feel like. That's what I love. Hey, Imran Khan. It's Greg Miller. You're on PS. I love you. XOXO. How are you? Dad, you're embarrassing me. How are you guys doing? We're great. We're having a great time. Janet and Blessing say hello, and I'm not embarrassing them at all. Right now, clear your mind, all right? Okay. Which one of your cats is your favorite cat? Uh, Luca. Thank you very much. Wait, is that the multicolored one or the gray one? Gray one. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man, Wait, is, that his oh. Cat? is that his cat? Not is that your cat? Now, Blessing's asking follow-up questions. Sorry. What is it? Is that your cat? Like, did you bring that cat to the relationship? Or is that cat always? No, both those cats are sisters. They're both Rep's cats. Great, perfect. Thank you for showing how easy this is. Because Blessings over here, Hemming and Holland, can't pick a cat. Oh, now he's now he's on the Luca train. He says, thank you, Emron. Don't worry. I didn't say Luca's my favorite. I just said Luca is wonderful. All cats are wonderful. And that's where I'm coming. That's where I'm coming from, is that hanging out with my friends. We need to bring Emron back here to this content. Because thank you. How hard was that? You know, like. Easy. Yeah. He Simple. he owns the cat. He can say that. Like if I had a child, I could say that about my children. I can say that about. You really can't say about a child, a cat, or a dog is a different thing. I'm just saying, like if Imran was a star, junior patented workaround where whenever you call blessing out on something he just rewrites history to why be do like you have, why do you want to call me out on things so much <laughs> i just want to get through a podcast all right why do you constantly leave yourself open to attack okay like i don't understand. anyway go ahead anyway go ahead. um no so like i bring that up because the friends i have that have cats they absolutely love their cats and that was one of my biggest takeaways from this hands-on uh preview impression is that hands off. i uh, hands off sorry hands off preview impression thank you is that, you know, I go into my notes, I was taking Google Doc notes, and the first note I had was that these motherfuckers really love cats. 
That was the that was the <laughs> the bulk of what they talked about while we were previewing this game was oh yeah and like the we have the meow button that lets you meow uh it, I have a question I have a question what is there platforming how's the platforming well as we're as we're developing the game we came to realize that you know cats always <laughs> cats always land on their feet you know you know what cats aren't really ones to like I don't know if it's actually true because I feel like I've seen cats fall all the time but. I digress, right? <laughs> you know, we didn't want the cat experience to be misrepresented, and so we have a be we have a more magnetized approach to our platforming, right? You, uh, you look at a surface you want to jump to, you press X, and you all automatically magnetize because that's how cats go. They had a question for everything regarding cat behavior and how much they wanted the, the feeling of a cat to feel authentic. And they encapsulated this. They they said pretty much towards the top, right, that this is a cat fantasy. Like this is a cat fantasy first and foremost, yep. and I was like, I'm "Fuck, so that's a good way game. to put it." And so, yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, so, real quick, if you don't know about Stray, you've missed all this stuff before. You haven't seen Barrett running the amazing B roll over there. Of course, this is coming out July nineteenth, twenty twenty two. That was announced over at State of Play. The developers, Blue Twelve Studio. It's published by Annapurna, <laughs> Perna uh, Interactive. Uh, third person cat adventure game. The synopsis reads like this: In Stray, players take the role of a stray cat who must untangle an ancient mystery to escape a long forgotten cyber city amidst a the detailed neon lit alleys in murky environments of its seedy underbelly along the way the cat befriends a small flying drone known only as b12 with the help of its newfound companion the duo must find a way out and so yeah like you know bless you've already answered it but my question was going to be like after this are you more or less excited for stray right now that we've finally seen it and gotten a deeper dive into the gameplay and speaking for myself and then of course janet because we're just the same person on the same wavelength janet we're going to love this game like this is like Yay. the way they came. They were like, you know, they talked about it being this is an adventure game. It's all about the story, right? And the, to Blessing's point, he's you know using it a little as a goof there, but it's true. Of like, you know, one of the things they went in on is like they toyed around and did before uh, play tests where it was you controlling the cat and you trying to make these you know three D jumps and the frustration of missing those or falling off those or not landing where you thought you should and that not being really how a cat is most of the time i've definitely had cats that bonk the windowsill and don't make it but you know what i mean like <laughs> this is meant to be that a cat fantasy so you're going through and you're exploring and yeah you come up to ledges and the x button appears wherever you're you can target to jump and you hit it you jump straight to it and so that alone i was like not the jumping part of it but the fact that like this is a story game right and they keep going back to it like you know they talk about it you are a cat that falls into a new world. You arrive injured, and all you want to do is get back to your family. So it's this. We as you bear keeps showing stuff here. You see him, you know, talking to these robot people, right? Like that is the long forgotten world that you've been dropped into. Is this uh, robot city, you know, where people, it looks like they're living like humans and stuff, and you run around there, spooking them, trying to figure out what's going on, and get back to your people, like. It sounds like a million other stories we've seen in terms of a human being dropped in somewhere. You want to talk about like Forspoken or something like that, but like. It's a cat this time around. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that yes. sounds fun. Yeah. And the thing that has me excited is I, I think me and you, Greg, this is the most of this game that we've seen. And you can mm -hmm. clear, clearly see where it can be fun. You know, very sure. much watching it, you know, there are many reasons actually why I'm even more excited about this game. I think one, you can tell how much passion they have for it for as a cat game and letting you live the cat fantasy. One of the things they mentioned was like, yeah, you can knock you can knock objects off of high services, right? Like we're giving you all the options to be to be a cat. One of the questions I asked them also was like, hey, can you purr in this game? And they even had to answer that. They're like, hey, there's a meow button. But if you go nap in this robot's lap or whatever, like you'll you'll hear the purr and the purr will actually like give a vibration through your through your dual sense. And I think they even 
hell like yeah. Sound will come yeah there it's shown right here yeah you can scratch up the carpet right like you can do all these different cat things and yeah like you can they showed an interaction in one of the trailers or b-rolls of like you know not got even getting into the robot's lap just rubbing on the, the robot's leg right like the way the cat does and that giving the robot like a heart and its little tv screen face and yeah. then the cat being happy and purring as well and so like they're really putting in all the the quality and work to make it really feel like oh man these guys guys love cats and but and in turn making my love for cats a thing that i can actually experience in a video game but then also in terms of the game design it is it seems very much like a third person puzzle game in the way that mm -hmm. it's not about the platforming it is about getting from point a to point b and you see like early on there's uh in the in the clips there's the puzzle of all right how do i get through this fan that's spinning and as the cat you have to go back find whatever object you can pick up with your mouth and then roll it down the thing to then stop the fan so you can get through right it seems like that's going to be a big bulk of the gameplay exploration and figuring out like how to get to the next point is going to be a large part of the gameplay and then there's going to be a lot of it seems like dialogue stuff where it is robots yeah. talking to other robots and figuring yeah out, they like, showed stuff like uh you know uh, again this b12 that you'll wear on your backpack as you see in some of the b-roll going through right ops says uh, it reminds you of your objectives it'll translate signs and the language the robots are speaking so you can actually understand what's going on there it's a flashlight it's your inventory and in the inventory that's where i think they really double down on this being an adventure game rather than some kind of action game or platforming game where it is what we've seen in some of the footage they've sh shared right is like there's a safe and like you have the key and you scroll through your inventory to get the key to use it uh i would assume it's a side mission but maybe it's more right like there's a musician that, hey great job bear there's the keys i'm talking about there's a musician who is sitting there and he's like man i love being a musician but i don't have any songs to play and the cat scrolled through and gave him sheet music so it's this thing of i assume that's how you're getting these little quests obviously that probably wasn't the first time you met the mus musician right like you got that quest or knew you had to do it or just picked up trash i guess along the way and had it ready to go but it does seem like a game that's going to be cool more about exploring more about engaging the world that way and really exploring the world from a different perspective which i think is going to be fun and, to do and it's and it's linear right like i think as you watch clips you might have a question of is this open world it looks like the environments are open they they nailed down that you know it might there might be like some open sections but for the most part it is you are making your way from point a to point b the entire the, the entire game and making your way through these linear spaces which is how you have this game looks so gorgeous. That's another thing that really struck me is how good the game looks. Yeah. Um, from both even fidelity and art style, right? Art style wise, you're looking at it at the footage right now. You're in a room that has a bunch of computer monitors in it, and like how the game looks with regarding how they do set presentation, how they do um, lighting, like the different colors you see. The game reminds me of, of honestly playing a Naughty Dog game, right? And I don't want to say that to oversell it because only Naughty Dog games can be Naughty Dog games, but this has that certain style to it where I'm like, man, how does this game look so good? And then yeah, fidelity wise, it doesn't looking at it it doesn't look like an indie game which is the thing that um very much surprises me for the kind of game that it is they were saying too you know there's a chase sequence there that's kind of where the combat seems to come in you have these basic little head crabs that uh, seem to be around the environments uh there's a lot of shown uh, of you running from them one of the guided demos i've seen for it uh has you actually go on the offensive getting an upgrade for b12 that gives you like a purple flashlight almost like black light that you can zap these guys away with and stuff but it oh, seems yeah, like you die i don't remember that question being asked bless do you i was thinking that no, when i was re-watching footage that. today i was like all right yeah i assume I there's fail states because yeah, like, the states. these guys will get on you and like glom onto you and i've seen the cat shake them off but i would assume if you get overwhelmed overwhelmed you'd be down for the count it would probably just be like you know 
restart. I would be I would be surprised if you could die die in like a violent way right. because even like those are another question somebody asked <laughs> like Laura Croft style. Just... Yeah, Laura Croft. This cat gets <laughs> impaled and then swung around and then tossed across the city. Uh, and then I was like, what? Like, it's like that's what would happen. I'm like, yeah, but what, it's weird. One of the see how that's people, weird? <laughs> one of the questions people asked, and like it's so it was so fun being in the hands off with other press folks because most of the questions were people very much being cat people and asking cat ass questions of like can i do this as a cat can i do this one of the questions was uh cats are very territorial <laughs> creatures are you going to get into conflict with other groups of cats maybe and even to that question they're like no this game is it, this game seems like it's going to have more good vibes than bad vibes that's that's right. the reason why i'm like <laughs> i don't think you're going to actually die in this game i think you'll probably have failed states but i think that will probably come through being overwhelmed by the creatures attacking you or something like, along no those lines. he's just sleeping like you know. yeah. um i have <laughs> so many right, questions running out is uh does it have a name greg do you remember having a name I don't remember they ever addressed it by a name, no. And I don't is think there... anybody asked. They did. There are no customization options. They talked about oh, that. I was about to, they, yeah, I wanted to ask that. They want the, the cat to have an identity, they said. so Or like a visual identity so that you see it and you know it's that cat. Maybe you learned the cat's name at the they, end or something. They did hold back a lot of the uh, narrative aspects of the game because they didn't want to to spoil much. That was the other thing I was going to talk about coming out of the previews. You know, I, 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 I like that this had a preview. I had fun during the preview, but this is also one of those previews where it was just like, all right, well, we're, I guess this is us just hanging out in the environment and watching you climb things and, and solve puzzles here and there because they can't, they, they, they're, well, it's not like they can't, but like they didn't want to talk about anything story wise. And so trying to get that stuff out of them um, was uh, kind of difficult, justifiably so because they wanted it to be a surprise and wanted to experience it with the, with the game. But uh, yeah, some of that stuff we weren't able to get. Um, any sense of the length of the game? Yeah, they run on record with that saying seven to eight hours. And so that's yeah. dev math. So, you know, probably bring that down a bit. Probably, right? It'll be like six-ish, <laughs> I would say. But man, again, it's like, I bet it's how much you want to explore and how much you that's be the thing is, like they, they said seven to eight hours, and then they said nine to ten if you're exploring. And so there are collectibles to get and places to, like, look, you know, corners to look behind to, to find certain things. But, yeah, to Greg's point, with dev math, yeah, I would imagine maybe, like, seven hours and then probably maybe eight hours or nine hours you're spending your time. Does it have a platinum? Nobody asked. I would assume so. At this point, if you're putting out a game and doesn't have a platinum yeah. trophy, what the fuck are you doing? Um, but other things, well, one, to bring it way back to the beginning, uh, Bless, I appreciate how uh, colloquial your notes are. My notes are the same. When I'm playing a game, I'll be like, this shit's crazy. And then I look back later, I'm like, what was I talking about? <laughs> um, I also liked your impression of someone guiding you through a preview. I feel like having done a few previews, that is the cadence of the voice, where it's like, um, you see, we wanted to have people really feel like that. Yeah, you, you nailed that. Yeah. Um, and then other things I want to ask, um, I want to know what is... Do you have any sense of like the sort of cadence of or the gap between like mainline and side quests? You know, you mentioned that it is like a fairly linear game. So like to what degree are there both of those pockets? Like, did you kind of see what the difference was between those two or how many there might be? No, they didn't really get into the weeds on that. Again, it was a very, I don't want to say top level, but it was right. a level preview where there wasn't so much like let's like bless is saying they were very guarded about the story and what's going on and like things you may or may not do in the game which i get but it, it then leaves you with a thing of like what you're seeing is pretty much what we saw and so then it's just more taking away anything we got afterward the fact 
Yeah. Um, and then the thing I want to ask too is what I always ask for previews now, which I use this for a bunch of things. It's called Rosebud Thorn. You can also use it for life stuff. So a rose is something that's good. A bud is something that's um, you're looking forward to. And a thorn is bad slash negative. Uh, fun fact, you can use this for like your day. If you want to share your day with yourself or someone else or your students or whatever, it's what I used to use it for. But I think it's good for other stuff too. So Rosebud Thorn coming out of this preview event, go. Rose for sure. I think the traversal is going to be great. Like, I like that. I like the idea that it'll be targeted. I won't be frustrated with it. I'll understand what I can and can't do because I'm in that cat and that cat's done. Uh, Bud, something I'm looking forward to, uh, the mystery of it. I think it's telling that they haven't showed the opening, right? They keep saying you want to get back to your family and that I, I'm a goof, but I'm like, cool. Does that mean my family of cats or my family that I was living with before? How did I get into this forgotten, weird, ancient world? And then also like, are all these robots in this world like rejected and humanity and technology have moved way beyond that? Like what's going on with that? I'm interested to know what's going on there. And then Thorn, I wonder, I wonder if it's going to be like juicy fruit. Like, is it going to be enjoyable all the way through all those seven or eight hours? Right. Is the, is the uh, cat juicy gun, for catching a, catching a stray as well, uh, you know, juicy fruit. you, you three bites or chews in and it's gone. There's no flavor. I guess I, 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 one we can all agree on. Is it like fruit stripe gum? Is it going to like lose its taste immediately? Right. Of like, mm -hmm. what am I unlocking? How is this cat progressing? How is it? Is, is it just like, is it going to be, if it's just what we've seen mechanics wise, which I'm sure there's more and stuff, but if it's just that, is it going to be able to stand on the strength of the robots? Like, are the robots going to be interesting enough that I'm going to care to like help them all out of their jams and do their things and evolve their lives and get this cat back? Like, I think sometimes games, especially indies, overstay their welcome with their ideas. And so it is that idea of like, this sounds like a really cool thing. Will I see it through to the end? Is the game going to be that good that I'm like, you know what? I got to get this cat home. Or is it going to be that I play three hours of it and then put it down to play something else and then never come back? Like I, do with yeah. many indies where I'm like, I, I get what you're doing. I like what you're doing, but I don't need to roll credits on this. That's the thing is the game seems so uh, on rails and guided uh, in terms of like it not being a platformer, right? It being this, hey, you're going through a narrative and you're also solving these puzzles. But the puzzles don't seem like they're going to be overly complicated. It's not The Witness or it's not like a, a, a cube or like a very specific puzzle game, right? It seems like the puzzles are going to be very much go with the flow. It's going to be an environmental stuff. So you go here, grab the thing, put it here. Cool. Now you're on to the next thing type stuff. And for me... I I share the same fear of like, is this going to be a game that is a seven hour game that should be a three hour game? You know, I think of mm -hmm. even Inside. Inside is the perfect video game in my opinion. And that is a three hour game that knows what it wants its puzzles to be, knows what it wants its presentation to be, and does not overstay its welcome whatsoever. And I think I could see this game if it, if it really does get to the seven, eight hour marker. Uh, I could I could see having the fear of, Okay, five hours in, I'm ready to for this to end. And oh man, it still has three, four hours left. All right, cool. Let's let's push through this thing, which I hope I hope isn't the case. I hope it I hope it does stay exciting that whole time. And I guess for me with the rosebud thorn thing, uh, the rose for me is that it seems like they're putting their all into making this the ultimate game for cat lovers. Which you know, good for y'all. I didn't even think about that as a market, <laughs> and it seems like I, I think honestly, this game is gonna knock it out of the park for those people. You know, talking to my friends who love cats and who already had hype for Stray, um, I like I asked them about, hey, like, what are things they're looking forward to out of the game? Like, what are things they want to see? And watching the preview, I'm like, no, this seems like it's living up. This seems like it's going to give you that fantasy of again, you know, the meow button, knocking things off high services, the cuteness, the animation of the way the cat walks, the um, all the presentation of the world and all that stuff. All that stuff seems like it's going hard and that uh it, it's I, I think they're gonna stick the landing with that stuff as far as the bud 
something I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm looking forward to the puzzles. I'm looking forward to that stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a puzzle gamer, right? I enjoy, I'm a puzzle poppy is what they call me in the streets. They do call you puzzle poppy. Yeah, they call me that in the streets. Uh, I'm looking forward poppy. to- <laughs> Poppy. Uh, oh yeah, that works here too. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how that stuff plays out. You know, I'm, I'm, um, that stuff seems fun to me. And I really hope with environmental puzzles that they're able to find stuff that's uh, dynamic and really interesting uh, to figure out. And then as far as Thorn, for me, it is, uh, and it's not a thorn yet, but a thing I think could maybe be a thorn. If, it's if a it budding did. thorn. It's a budding thorn. Uh, is story like the, they've not talked mm. about story that much, and with it being robots being the primary um, like characters in the game outside of the cat, I hope that there is emotional resonance or something mm. to grab onto mm. in terms of oh, there's actual stakes to the story, or there's an actual story here that I care about. I could easily see it be the thing that is a is a wild comparison, but I think it works where. Fallout 76 came out and didn't have NPCs, and it was you were just talking to terminals. Uh, and I remember that being such a big complaint of, oh man, I feel no connection to anybody in this world. You know, like I think the robots are a really cool stylistic thing as far as what the 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 game's st style is. But I hope that doesn't take away from the humanity of the characters that you're meeting and some of the struggles they may be going through and all that stuff. I hope the actual story comes through as, oh no, okay, no, I actually care about these robots in the city and what's going on here and how I get back home. We shall see, ladies and gentlemen. Stray's coming up July 19th, just around the corner, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and of course, PC via Steam. We're excited about it. Janet, have we made you decide you want to play it? You had no idea what this game was before. You've never heard of it or seen it. Um, I don't know what this what this setup is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. Uh, I've been looking forward to it for a while. I probably still would have played it, even if y'all were like, this ain't it, or it doesn't seem like it's it, just because I am really interested by it. But I feel more reassured uh, with y'all coming out of the preview saying that it looks um, like it's living up to sort of what it's been marketed as uh, and just kind of getting a, a better look at that. And yeah, and I love cats. You know, I have I have a cat. Her name is Bruce. Um, Bruce is my first real pet because I only had uh, goldfish as a kid that didn't live super long. Um, but yeah, like having having a pet in my life like i had honestly as like someone who didn't own a pet until like a few years ago three years ago i never really got the pet hype like i saw everyone like love their pets <laughs> but if you don't own a pet and you just don't talk about it because it's like a, a jerk thing to be like I don't, I don't get it it's like well i don't get it but i can keep that to myself like i don't have to announce sure. that but i you know i see like all the pictures and the videos and everyone being like i love my cat or my dog so much and i'm like yeah that's cool like you know i, I buy it like sure like but you know okay like like i, I didn't get what the obsession was and then i got bruce and i and everything she does looking at her every second of every day i'm like oh man i freaking love this cat like i could hang out with bruce and any day hanging out with bruce is a good day and like i it, it's so cool to like get to have a game then that's sort of uh, you know playing on that or or doing all that stuff so i'm excited to go ahead and play it uh try to hopefully play it on my tv and i'll see what bruce thinks of it because i also have my own conspiracy theories of whether or not Bruce is interested in certain mediums, like I'll watch Loki and I'm like, okay, she likes Loki. Like she always, she's awake during that, you know, Bucky and the bird, she was asleep. It didn't do it for her. I don't know. She wasn't interested in it. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to play it and kind of see uh, what it's all about. And, uh, you know, hopefully it ends up being an enjoyable time through those whole seven to eight hours. So We'll that see. should be a new thing on Pen to Pixels. When you review a game, you should also have just like Bruce's thoughts. Like, yeah, like <laughs> I thought of, um, or my brother's like, you should just put two like games or like two consoles and like let Bruce, like which one does she go to? But yeah. like Bruce also doesn't move. You know, it's funny because Stray sure. is such an active adventure game. And there are definitely cats that are like that. Like if y'all ever saw those freaking... Um, 
like cat cams that people do where they'll put like a GoPro on a cat's like a uh, little collar yeah. and then you can see the feed. Like cats are out here doing like wild stuff, like outdoor cats. But like Bruce is an indoor, super indoor introvert cat. She barely moves. She's like, I found a seat. I don't see I would need to get up. Like if, the, if she has the food sound, she'll start running. But other than that, she just sits there. She just that's all she does. So I'm glad you can sleep in the game because that's that's mostly what Bruce does. My experience with cats is they sleep and they shed and they lick my controllers um, and they bite the headphone wire and things like that. So I'm excited. We'll see how much that makes it into Stray when it comes out this July. For now, let me remind you of Patreon.com slash Games. Over on Patreon.com slash Games, you can write in with your questions, comments, concerns for the show. You can get the show ad-free. You can get it with the exclusive post show we do. Usually, you can watch it live as we record it. But, of course, today's Stray embargo made that impossible. But all that doesn't matter for right now. What I'm here to tell you, of course, is that you're not on Patreon.com slash Games. So here's a word from our sponsor. Are people still trying to make plans with you this summer as if you aren't booked and busy already? You're just going to have to tell them to try again in the fall. You've got pool days, pride parades, bachelor parties, and beach vacations waiting for you because when you're living your best life, the last thing you want to worry about is butt sweat. I'm Greg Miller and my butt never sweats because I wear undies. You've heard it a million times. I like undies so much from my first pair. I bought a whole bunch more and threw away the rest of my underwear. They're the best. undies has the lightest, most breathable fabrics to keep you cool and comfortable wherever you go. From undies to bra to socks, to loungewear, to swimwear, you can find something for all your plans. MeUndies also releases new prints all the time, like their limited edition Pride collection. Find your ultimate summer comfort in sizes extra small to 4XL. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off. For a limited time, if you sign up for their free-to-join MeUndies membership, you get 25% off your first membership item. To get 15% off your first order, 25% off your first membership item, and 100% satisfaction Satisfaction guaranteed. Go to MeUndies.com slash kind of funny. That's MeUndies.com slash kind of funny. No one likes waiting on a paycheck, especially when you've got bills due. Good thing there's Chime. Now you can get your paycheck up to two days earlier with direct deposit. That's up to two more days to save, pay bills, and generally just feel good about your money situation. But Chime is about more than just getting paid early. It's also an award-winning mobile app, checking account, debit card, and optional savings account. So what are you waiting for? Hopefully not your paycheck. Get started with Chime today. Applying for a free account takes less than two minutes. Get started at Chime.com slash KFGames. That's Chime.com slash KFGames. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancor Bank or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on your payer. Blessing, tell me what happened this week in PlayStation. Even though uh, we're doing the show th- two days early, so not as much has happened. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's funny because this morning I was like, guys, not much is happening. And then like two hours later, I was like, stuff is happening. Uh, stuff involving Ben Studio. Let's start, let's start off talking about them because yesterday they put out a tweet talking about how they're going to reveal their new studio logo today as of the time we're recording. Yesterday as of the time you're listening, if you're listening to this video. <laughs> uh, and let me tell you, I watched that stream anticipating the logo and I was thinking, oh, they'll probably reveal, they'll probably reveal it at the beginning of the stream. I watched 30 minutes of Ben Studio uh, folks talking back and forth about this new logo before they finally revealed the new logo. And it was a fun conversation, but I was also like, show me the DM logo so I can ask the <laughs> uh, But as they revealed the logo, there was a PlayStation blog post that went up that actually gave us a hint toward uh, what Ben's future is going to be as a studio. The title, the blog is titled, A New Look for Ben Studio's Future and a Look Back at His Past. Um, on it, uh, Barrett's going to bring it up, right? There is the reveal of the studio logo. The actual blog reads like this. 
As we reflect on our past and look toward our future, we are thrilled to unveil the new Ben Studio logo to you all. Our new Ben Studio logo represents an abstract and modern interpretation of the studio's history, location, and lifestyle. Located at the base of the beautiful Cascade Mountains in Central Oregon, Ben provides us with a unique lifestyle where we can work in tech, but live life analog. After a day in the office, we like to plug into our uh, to adventure and use our extra life to shred the slopes at Mount Bachelor, uh, drag a line in the Deschutes uh, River, uh, or take a long hike in the wild. The new Ben Studio logo is just the beginning of Ben Studio's future. As part of the PlayStation Studios family, we promise to continue bringing you quality experiences that aim to leave an everlasting impact with you. Today, we are excited to share just a snippet of news on our current project. We're currently working on a new IP that includes multiplayer and builds upon the open world systems of Days Gone, but brings you a whole new world that we are extremely excited to craft with you, or sorry, craft for you. We cannot wait to reveal it to you when the time is right. Come join our growing team and help shape the future of Ben Studio. We are hiring across multiple departments, including options to be fully remote. Visit benstudio.com slash careers to learn more. Now, because I'm a freak, I saw them link to benstudios.com slash career. And you know I got to, right? I had to, like, click through that link and read what the job description. I'm a, a freak on a leash, right? I had to go in there and, like, actually read what they're hiring for. And in some of the job offerings, they um, like, those are those are art position. And in there, they talk about, yeah, we're looking for people who can design for PS5, uh, looking for folks who might be able to design, again, open environment, environments. But then also they talked about uh, designing weapons and vehicles, which... It sounds like a Ben Studios game, and so I, I think that lines up. But I thought that was pretty interesting. But for you guys, th does this make you excited for the future of Ben Studio? I know none of us here are big Days Gone fans, but Janet, like, does this do anything for you? Booze man's back. No, not literally, because they're oh, not man, bring back Who's there? Who's man? Um, what's the oh Deacon out? Yeah, oh man, I still do that on my Apple Watch, the little the little walkie-talkie. Okay. But yeah, it does it does get me excited. I mean, uh, I definitely don't mean to misrepresent my own feelings about uh, Bend and their future projects. Like it is true that I did not like Days Gone, but it is also true that I think it had some really cool ideas. I personally enjoyed the melee combat there a lot. It had a nice crunch to it. I think there was some cool stuff going on with elements of the sim aspect. Again, I think with the world so big, like having to put gas in the motorcycle, it was fine until I ran out of gas and there was no gas station near me, like little things like that. But I think there was some fun stuff going on there. And even though um, I do Josh about the whole like booze man and Deacon thing, there was something there that even that could have worked. Like it doesn't have to be necessarily the most serious story in the world to be a good game. It was just a little bit too, too much. It needed to be trimmed down in my opinion to, and it, even, even a trimmed down version, I think would have, been, I would have been more receptive to that than what we had. Because what we had was just so long that I'm like, I just so don't want to do it all. Um, even though I, I don't think it was like, you know, a bad time in the moment to moment gameplay. Um, but in the world was also really cool looking as well. I think especially like my boyfriend Isaiah had played a little bit of it, like in the more modern era, like on, on I think PS5. And he's like, oh, wow, this game looks really beautiful. He didn't stick with it. But like, you know, just looking at it, the fidelity, again, the ideas, I think there's a lot there. So I'm excited about them going back to building on these open world systems because, again, it wasn't necessarily a bad game. It was just kind of like very okay it was like aggressively okay was kind of the issue with it um but that i think is a good base you know for something better so i'm i'm excited to hear about this to get confirmation that yes of course they're working on something and they're working on it to the, the degree where they feel comfortable telling us that they are working on a new ip because i think we've kind of known that for some time but i think hearing more about it it's like okay cool they're moving forward 
Let's see what's next. Uh, the multiplayer part uh, gives me a little bit of pause just because, you know, I'm not the biggest multiplayer fan, and I'm not sure what that'll mean for what kind of game we're going to see. Is it going to be, you know, a campaign that you can happen to do co-op? You know, like I would be down for someone's deacon, someone's boozer type situation, but I'm not <laughs> sure what they have, you know, in mind for that. And then I'm also wondering, is this like, you know, part of kind of that idea of the the multiplayer push as well? The ongoing so, games? Yeah. Um, so I'm a little bit... I'm not going to lie, like multiplayer doesn't really excite me personally, but it's also just not my style of game. But uh, Greg, what about you? I'm super excited about this. And like, I'm right there with you, Janet. And, you know, not to beat dead horses, but like, Days Gone didn't work for me, but it didn't work for the same reasons you're talking about. And so I'd always said, even when I was like, eh, I didn't like Days Gone, I wanted them to have a Days Gone too because I thought they had a lot of cool ideas. I thought they had a lot of cool tech. I thought they had a lot of cool things happening in the open world. I just think it needed to be refi refined. So I think it's actually uh, super exciting and interesting that they're saying, you know, we're building upon the open world system of Days Gone. Great. So they're keeping what I did like out of it, right? And hopefully refining it and making things better. Uh, to the jump in then, you know, it includes multiplayer. That... I, I hear that and I don't think it's going to be back for blood or something where I'm forced to play with other people. It makes it to me think, especially, you know, Jim Ryan talking about these live service games and everything else that's happening and the, you know, the dozen they have or whatever uh, coming to the pipe for PlayStation five. It makes me think more of a shared world kind of thing. And I think that could be cool. Mm. Like, I think it could be cool to have a, if it was a strand game. Yes, exactly. Uh, a days gone universe thing. And I don't know if that is more like if it's like the division where, you know, there's hubs we're sharing and then we go off and we can partner up and do the same kind of thing. If it is open world, if it is post-apocalyptic, if it is whatever. I think there's a lot to be done there that could be really cool to, I think, even get over more of what, I found off-putting about Days Gone sometimes, right? Where I thought the combat was brain dead. And not the not the freaker horde stuff. That was awesome, introduced way too late in the game. But like I think maybe it wouldn't have been so nails on a chalkboard to me to be doing the same encampment takedowns and using the same two by four with a blade in it because it's just overpowered if it was me and Blessing do that. If it was you and me, Janet, doing that and we're shooting the shit while we do it. And because like think about when you play an MMO, I'm playing Diablo Immortal right now, right? It's just click the thing and beat the shit out of the thing and it's like it's not like this combat's award winning but it's it's satisfying and i feel like i'm getting i'm doing something let alone i'm playing somebody else blessing your hand was up sorry yeah uh you guys played more uh, days gone than i did i'm curious about the specific statement of you know this builds upon the open world systems of uh days gone right and that includes multiplayer it, for you guys are there systems in days gone that seem like they would translate well to multiplayer yeah, I think the base, the base building elements, um, and well, I shouldn't say base building because you're not making your own base. I, and for the clarity, I got to, there's like two big parts of the game, and I went through the first part, and then a little bit of the second part, if that makes sense. Maybe there's a third part, I don't know. Um, that's, so I, I was, I was really, is. oh, really? <laughs> and let me okay. tell you, at like 40, 45 hours into the game, that shit happens, that's a backbreaker when you're trying to review this fucking thing. Now I'm wondering if me? that, we'll talk later, because I'm curious. And anyway, so many parts of me want to go back just because I'm like, I feel like this goes in some directions. I'm kind of curious. Um, but I did put a lot of hours because they were guide hours. So I probably did spend like 40 hours in the world because like one of my jobs was to clear the map. And that took a long time. Sure. Um, it's when I ran out of gas. But um, I think they did a lot of the um, sort of like not fat i guess like factions basically it's like you pick out of an alignment um and then you do like there's crafting elements with i think definitely the motorcycle i'm not sh I, but i mean the weapons i think to a degree right like you can kind of modify things so i think those and that and then i think taking out the um nests are sort of 
the big pillars that I feel like would translate well. There are other things, of course, too, and none of these are like revolutionary to design. Like there's things like taking over um, kind of like almost like medical facilities to get like upgrades. And again, you see these things in a million open world games, but I think all of those structures were sound like doing them was cool and like kind of learning the different bases that have different strengths, whether it be like weapons or bike parts and things like that. I think that stuff could work. For a game that was so much about scrounging and leveling up and then earning reputation, right? Which I didn't, I love the idea of, but I didn't love the implementation of where I would like, you know, all right, cool. Well, I want to move on, but I still, I'm going to do every quest with this one guy over and over again, even though I'd like to move to a different area, but the reputation doesn't carry over and I want to make sure I get whatever upgrade, blah, blah, blah. And again, I beat Days Gone, but I beat it at launch when I was reviewing it. So I, I'm rusty on specifics. Uh, I think that would work in a multiplayer setting. And I, I'm thinking strictly as PVE. I think PVP is always so difficult to do. But PvP could be cool as well if it was like, I'm not saying this what it is, but to just piggyback off of Days Gone, right? If it was, you know, we each have our own biker gang. And it is that thing that we're recruiting people to the kind of funny biker gang and you have a certain amount of pan. You know, it's like every other game we do, you play and have a, a guild, right? Where it's like, cool, we're all earning, we're all playing, so we're earning whatever XP that the, we can apply to make our tower defense better when people come or unlock this ability for all our bikes and have this thing to then make runs easier, this, that, and the other. Like, it was a game about survival and it was a game about collecting and, and you know, crafting. And I think that stuff works really well and could work really well with uh, friends, especially when you think of something like, you know, a monster hunter where you're you're grinding out for a specific armor set or something like that. Yeah, this is one that I, I honestly this one excites me. You know, and as somebody who again played a little bit of Days Gone and immediately bounced off of it and was like, this is not for me. Um, I think the common sentiment was for uh, at least from the fan base or from a lot of the audience was, oh yeah, let's see them get another shot, right? Like this mm -hmm. seems like it's a good good base. Mm -hmm. And I think for Ben Studio, who I I Ben Studio, I feel like gets the short end of the stick uh, quite a bit because. They are as a PlayStation studio, they came into like that era of PlayStation having to pl play ball with Naughty Dog on your team and Sony Santa Monica and Insomniac and um, Gorilla and Sucker Punch and all these other studios that are shining in the moment that are putting out bangers for the PS4, right? And I know Ben Studio has been around for a long time, but you know, before ben, before Days Gone, they were doing uh, like a, a, they did Uncharted Golden Abyss, right? And they Before were doing that. like smaller, smaller projects based off of other folks' IPs, right? But they had Siphon Filter during the day, but like they didn't have that kind of game since Siphon Filter, if I remember correctly. And that's the biggest thing about it is I feel like I love Sony Bend, and I, I know it's always weird because I don't like I didn't like Days Gone, right? But I loved the Siphon Filter games. I I love I thought Golden Abyss was great for what it was, right? I think that they are a studio that you're what you're talking about, bless, is that they had this thing with Siphon Filter, right? They had this ps1 juggernaut for you know and I'm, you know, I'm not throwing around sales as much as i you know ip and mindshare and like it was like if you like metal if you like metal gear oh you should play uh siphon filter it's very similar and so they had this thing going there where they were competing on the same level as everybody else and i feel yeah. like when to your point when they went to we're bringing siphon filter to psp which is great obviously the psp needed first party games from first party studios that's awesome but that's when naughty dog starts to become naughty dog and that's when insomniac really starts to become insomniac and granted they weren't first party at the time but if we're talking about contemporaries i'm thinking of ratchet and clank right i'm thinking of what's going on and so then it was this thing of, all right cool you're great at handheld stuff 
work on Uncharted Golden Abyss. And I'm sure internally, they're like, well, that's Naughty Dog's game. That's going to be so hard to come. And it was, right? Like, they had it. And guess what? It wasn't. It was, you know, people would argue better than Uncharted uh, Drake's Fortune. But at that point, you already had Uncharted two and you're about to have uncharted three right like uncharted had moved on so you were playing an inferior uncharted to the rest of them that wasn't a uh because of days gone um, uh, because it's only been skills it was because of the device it was on and some of the stupid stuff they had to put in there with the, the light and the camera and the touch screen and yada 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 right so then you get to days gone and there is this all right sucker punch has come out of the shadows of you know like infamous and they've they're doing this and they're you know they're getting ready to become ghost of tsushima but they've already had second son and that was a beautiful great game and yeah yeah naughty dogs firing on all similar like playstation is known for its killer killer exclusives this is amazing that's amazing you're left and right these are going to be amazing exclusives and so days gone finally or sony pen finally gets the limelight on them after taking quite a bit of time for days gone gets it out there and it is met with a mixed critical reaction at best right like i know that the people who love days gone as a fans love days gone but clearly as a game that's not getting a sequel and you know the sales in general like it didn't do gangbusters it didn't do what playstation expects playstation you know ex exclusives to do which fucking sucks because yeah. I, I you want that part I, I mean honestly again resistance retribution right i've said before is my favorite resistance game like this is a studio that I think is incredibly talented, was incredibly talented, is incredibly talented, but there's been so much turnover, right? Like, you want to see them come out and crush it and be awesome. And so to have them come out and, like, trip, it was like, ugh, that sucks. Yeah, and, as, and that's the thing is, like, I, I feel like they put out a, like, a, a middle-of-the-line game among having siblings that are all putting out nines and tens. Is the exactly. Thing, right? Like, exactly. you know, Naughty Dog and Sony Santa Monica are out here putting out tens, right? The other studios are out here putting out nines. And you come through... And they get judged in that same way. And it's like, well, like, I'm a freshman out here. All my siblings are juniors and seniors. Like, give yeah, me some time yeah, yeah. to kind of build and, and develop. And I think that's what maybe this next game could be for them, right? I think this could be their uh, – this could possibly, if everything goes right, be their coming out party. Because, again, it is going to be a new IP, which I think is going to be exciting from them. I do like that they're getting away from, from Days Gone, even though I know that there is that audience there. But that be, it being that, it being multiplayer, which lets them stand out even more, I think one of the problems with um, the Days Gone thing as a PlayStation first-party title is that it got those Last of Us comparisons, which I think – more. Yeah. being able to separate from that as well i think is going to be exciting and then also it being um it, it retaining that open world and allowing them to kind of build off that base that they've already set for themselves and just take something that they already know they can do and just elevate it more i think that's gonna i hope that's gonna do well for them and I, that, that gives me more confidence that it could do well for them but for now, let's talk about a different PlayStation first-party studio that is killing it, which is Insomniac with Spider-Man. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man PlayStation sales reach 33 million as of May. I'm pulling from Darren at GameSpot, where he writes this. Marvel Spider-Man has recorded another sales milestone as Insomniac confirmed this week that PS5 and PS4 sales of the 2018 Spider-Man game and its spinoff, Miles Morales, has sold through more than, th than 33 million copies globally as of May 15th, 2022. The last time that Sony provided a sales update on Marvel Spider-Man was in August 2019, uh, when it was revealed that the game had sold 13.2 million units. With repeat sales of the first game, its remastered edition on PS5, and Miles Morales, those numbers have been boosted by another 20 million since then, an impressive total. And as a reminder, these games are also coming to PC in a few months, which I'm sure will boost those sales even more. And so... Money, 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 money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At this point, is Spider-Man PlayStation's most valuable IP? In terms of money, yeah, in terms of money and like revenue and like you know, I think franchise I think, power. I think yes, in the sense of power because it's so 
And by easy, I just mean there's like a lot of ideas that come to mind or requests that come to mind from people to like branch out and do like different games or sub games or additional series or DLCs and stuff just because sure. the IP has so much juice to it historically, even outside of games. And that's not something you find in other things. Like if you think of like, you know, The Last of Us, that's a world like made in play like from playstation directly like there's no existence outside of it that they're now like you know building the show and all that other stuff um so because of that i would say yes um but like it's not the i don't know i mean there's like a lot of really good ips i don't want to say it's like not the one i'm most excited about but like it probably isn't quite there but it's definitely in that s tier so yeah i don't think it'd be wild to make that claim well here you go you start bringing tears this is where blessing is going to come off the bench swing on you right is it you're always saying like in terms of franchise and IP powered, Spider-Man is S tier. That's, okay. that's yeah, that's the highest tier. But in terms of gameplay, you put it A tier, right? That's I put it A tier. Yeah, in terms of like the actual quality of the games, I think yeah, A tier, right, right under like Naughty Dog and uh, God of War 2018. That's where I'm putting it. I, I personally think that yes, Spider-Man right now is PlayStation's most important franchise, and that's again not to talk about the quality of the games and what I what I'd rather play and all these other things. Even though obviously I'd, I'd love to play Spider-Man every day every year give me a new installment or something but like you know obviously god of war is god of war and it's incredible right last of us is last of us uncharted you you go down the line of uh, playstation ips but the fact that spider-man is a playstation ip spider-man is ubiquitous you know like my mom would not know who anybody on the cover of the last of us is and i wouldn't expect her to but she knows who spider-man is right and granted does she know who spider-man is because of the because of the game or comics or tv or movies that's not the argument we're making, right? We're talking about like the fact that when you put a Spider-Man PS4 out, that fucking sells a million PS4s to people, way more than a million probably, because people are that's oh Spider-Man. There's a new Spider-Man game. Of course I'm gonna buy it. Where can I buy it? Oh, I can only buy it there. Okay, no big deal. They didn't even think about it. They're ready to go. They're ready to buy it. They're ready to have it. The fact that they've made you know the White Spider of Insomniac a thing, like you see that in the movies and stuff. Mm. Like it's it's incredible what they've done with this and like the reach it has and yeah these numbers we're talking about right now are you kidding me right now 30 million 33 million like that's outrageous on the precipice of putting out spider-man 2 on the press what does that do for wolverine like i mean like what a yeah, fucking Wol deal wolverine has a very i think a very good chance of you know uh, being another high selling playstation franchise when we're talking about top five right like i don't know if it's going to reach the the um, heights of spider-man in terms of fastest selling because spider-man does have so much ip power but i could i could see it standing right alongside like the god of wars of the world or the uncharted of the world this game comes through and come comes through and delivers and it's very fascinating as i saw the story i went and i try to find a reputable source that could tell me the best selling <laughs> so playstation hard. franchises and yeah, yeah it's so difficult to find a good one the one i'm gonna pull up is game rant because game rant is a site that i trust more than just random ass sites that i find online um and they have an article that is the best-selling PlayStation franchises. And again, we're playing a little bit fast and loose here because I don't know when and how they pulled these numbers. In fact, I could look up the date. Uh, it looks like this was updated September 2021. And so not that long ago, actually. And I look at it, right? At the number one, they have Gran Turismo, which is a, a uh, which has 80 million in sales. And we're talking about franchises that have been around for a long time. Of course, Gran Turismo has been, has been around since the PlayStation 1, um, if I remember correctly. And so, yeah, like that's going to have a lot, of, a lot of units, especially it being such a seasoned franchise. But yeah, 80 million for Gran Turismo. They have Final Fantasy in here, which I wouldn't count, but that has 52 million. God of War, 51 million, which I think is fascinating. Uh, so many games. 
so many games. Yeah, and that's another one that's uh, a storied franchise since the. And then, but that's not. I mean, that the, that's not. It's a take away from the fact that I'm going off of Wikipedia here, right? But they, it was reported on the PlayStation blog. But I'm pulling it from Wikipedia in October 2021, right? That God of War October 2021 had 19.5 million units. Oh, interesting. Sold. So it's like. Is that just for God of War 2018 or 2018? God of War that's 2018 right there. Cool. Damn. God damn. Yeah. God of War 2018 then uh, really took off. Um, but yeah, like you're talking about God of War franchise, right? 51 million. Then Crash Bandicoot, 50 million. Tekken, 50 million. Uncharted, 44.02 million, which I think is notable. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, 27.1 million. And so you have uh spider-man coming in above ratchet and clank now in terms of entire in, in, in terms of total franchise sales below uncharted at least on this game rant list if this is all accurate and right um my question also is, too real quick it's point it's important to point out right like this was before rift apart wasn't it this is after this was september oh was, i apologize i apologize september 21 and also important to point out right we're talking about spider-man as a game franchise we're only talking about spider-man 2018 and spider-man miles morales and the remasters right we're talking about the modern iterations the insomniac games of course spider-man games have been around for a very long time and i'm you sure it's in the neversoft up. game you know what toss that in there if you, you toss in the neversoft game i wouldn't be surprised if spider-man is actually tossing the web of shadows two. right there like hell toss, yeah, in, toss in the amazing spider-man games I'm sure those games sold. Well, yeah, if you counted every Spider-Man game ever made, yeah, I bet they would. Yeah, but my question is, do you think Insomniac's Spider-Man gets to number one on this list? Oh, the PlayStation thing? What's the the gap right now? Insomniac's Spider-Man franchise. And right now we're talking about the number one being Gran Turismo, 80 million, and Spider-Man being at 30, what did I say before? 33 million. That gap's really big. But yeah, like, if you think, think about think it, this long term, two though. more games. Yeah, I was gonna say, term. think of it long term. Like, would, yeah, mm. Gran Turismo obviously will put out more games. They already have put out another game, but yeah. I think the draw power of Gran Turismo is infinitesimal compared to what's going wow. on with Spider Man, right? I know the word right there. I know, no, I fucked it up. Just let's just go. Just like, oh, I fucked it up, but just don't bring it back <laughs> I up. Said it, I was like, you make that up. Janet was impressed, and then Blessing totally was like, he fucked up every syllable of that word. Sounds just like, yeah, no, that is a wait. Yeah, this is. I still don't know what he's trying to say. In hey, what was that? In, infinitesimal, extremely small. Thank you. Yes, wow. yes, yes. Infinitesimal. That's what I, I feel saying. like you were That's pretty really close. That, that I was close was enough, close. but I also know that I totally fucked it up, and I was just trying to get out of it. Thanks, everybody. And not even <laughs> considering new games, but it, you just bring up the PC uh, ports and stuff like that. Sure. Like, that's going to be yes. That's going to be huge alone for uh, those two games and that franchise as a whole. I, I I'm good. I I'm giving it three more Spider-Man games. Well, maybe two and a half. <laughs> like, I, I think around two or so Spider-Man games before we pass that number was the Spider-Man franchise. Because uh, also you got to take in cons- into consideration that this doesn't include the latest t- Gran Turismo um, because this uh, article came out uh, last um, September. September yeah. And so I'm sure that I'm sure the latest Gran Turismo is going to go on to sell like, I don't know, eight million units or something like that. And so that's, yeah, but I feel like the PC kind of knocks that out. You know, the wor- you know what I mean? They start getting into it, right? Well, maybe not really. I'm looking here from May 2022, right? I'm I'm on VG charts, but it's an article uh, talking about Jim Ryan's slideshow going through everything. And Horizon Zero Dawn sold more than 2.3 million on PC in about a year and a half. Uh, God of War 2018 sold 971,000 units on PC in just two and a half months. Days Gone sold 852,000 units on PC about 10 months. So like again, Spider-Man and Miles, Spider-Man and then Miles, separate releases dropping on PC. I would think you're going to see hella good numbers on that. So let's just say, let's be 
I'm going to be bullish based on what I just read here and say you're going to see six million total from both those three million a piece. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm. Maybe that's bullshit. Maybe it's more. Maybe I less. think at least, yeah. So then you start closing that gap in there, and then yeah, you talk about Spider-Man Two, which is going to be a fucking juggernaut, and then yeah. the inevitable Spider-Man Three. Like you're definitely getting Spider-Man Three, and then it is yeah, okay, cool. Like can't they catch up then? I know. I know. Yeah, these... to your point. That's just three games. Yeah, uh, you know, three. If they all do thirty-three million. Yeah, like if Spider-Man, let's say Spider-Man Two and Spider-Man Three, or Spider-Man Two and another spin-off, and then Spider-Man Three all fucking like hit, knock it out the park. Then yeah, those are gonna sell sell uh, gangbusters. I guess my other question, and Greg, this will be aimed towards you. I don't know how the inner workings of insomniac work and Ted i don't price know is at the top and he tells everybody what to do james Stevenson tries to get out from underneath it he can't do it how many teams is, is more so my question because... oh, i don't think they've i don't think they've been vocal about that okay because it's tough that... to, what i'm trying to figure out right say wolverine is yeah. a hit success and it sells sure. as much as we think it's going to sell do we ever see them work on another ra- ration and clank again yeah. right like i because I, 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 I at some at one point are they like Yo, Ratchet and Clank is 27 million on this list. Two Wolverines is gonna make that like easy if we if if we stick with it. I haven't heard anyone use that math before, but you're not wrong. <laughs> we now we now How many Wolverines in- is this game? <laughs> two Wolverines <laughs> is gonna knock yeah. Ratchet and Clank the entire franchise. Eight Wolverines. This comes from anyway. Um, I mean, I feel like as long as they they have not been vocal that they would not be making like more ratchet games you know what i mean i feel like we've seen like the ips get sort of put to the side and not to not really be picked up again and people are like yeah we're just like not really interested or we don't have the time you know like all the naida quotes that came out about like jack and daxter and stuff which obviously that's, that's way older and way less like of a franchise in ratchet ratchet's been going for forever um and has a bunch of games so i i would be a little surprised if they stop making ratchet games and they sell while they do while they're critically acclaimed um i maybe wouldn't mind a little bit of a break i think you're gonna get a break again i i still want i don't know i'm interested to see like internally how they felt about you know uh ratchet clank because it's yeah it was super i mean they gotta be very happy with it right i'm sure they love it which for me is almost and it sounds so negative but it's a little bit of a bummer because i felt like it was so like expected um like is for as like nice as it looked and as well as it controlled like i still really want to see them zag hard but i don't know we'll see but i definitely think you'll get another ratchet and clank for sure yeah i I don't think they'll stand in the way of that i think they want to give those uh, teams and people uh, clearly that's an ip that means so much to insomniac that they want to get to it but i also think it means so much to playstation the fact that it's in it's in the movie or the PlayStation Studios, like you know, uh, the trailers and shit like that, thing. and like yeah, they like that's something. And the, this one did really well and was you know critically acclaimed. It sold well enough, I would assume, to it's make some of the new family friendly games. I feel like that are really on PlayStation. There's not a lot of that's true. You know, like that's really true actually, because Wolverine's gonna be like oh. violent. <laughs> that's not gonna be a good um, especially too like and not that you're ever gonna like PlayStation's never gonna have the identity of being a family friendly place to game. And that's not to say there's not family friendly or childlike experiences on there but like you know casually if you're selling at a game store and you have a parent walking in and being like hey what should i get like one of the tenants is like oh nintendo's more family friendly like xbox is game pass and playstation is like do you want to play these this suite of ip is essentially the pitch but with that being said like it's still important to have some of those experiences to have the diversified library so i think that's another reason that it'll always be there also the horn went off outside my house and i don't know if you could hear it or not was it one of those like novelty ones like that that's what it sounded like yeah i okay we've gone how many days without y'all hearing the cucaracha yes uh it's someone (laughs) 
it's a it's a truck that goes through my neighborhood and they sell produce and oh, the nice. horn sounds like like yeah just a little bit there yeah um usually like noise filtration takes it out but yeah that is that is my regular experience in this apartment not but yeah, i don't and, <laughs> i don't i don't want to like ask the question to be alarmist or anything like that too mm. like i also think for well, i mean I, it's a justified yeah. question i mean if, i yeah. mean like did it, it be victims of your own success but I think PlayStation still values first parties doing things they want to do. Yes. And I think that's the biggest wild, thing. though, how much stuff they have coming out, especially for a studio that um, supposedly doesn't have crunch. Um, so I don't know. Like, but they put out a lot of stuff. That's thing is Insomniac, they, with their cadence, they're a wild studio. Like, I don't know how they make it happen, but they somehow make it happen. And that's why I asked about the teams. I'm like, do they have three or four teams working there? Because, like, before they got acquired, they were making VR stuff as well. Like, they are very, they're a very active studio. And I also think that they very much love Ratchet and Clank. And so I think for them, the, the whether or not to make the next Ratchet and Clank is more so a, do we want to do this as opposed to a, oh, man, we got to keep making Wolverines and Spider-Mans because that's what our that's what the audience wants. And also, to your point, Janet, I think PlayStation loves Ratchet as well. And if they ever got to the point where Insomniac was like, hey, we really just want to lean into this Marvel shit because this is like like we're selling out or we're going mainstream. Like we're 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 just leading into this stuff. I think PlayStation will still take Ratchet and go, hey, can we give this to another studio then to work on for us? I I I Uncharted. They'd always want to come back to it, right? And I'm I'm digging because I couldn't find it, but I found it. Or I couldn't remember if I was this is real. April 21st, 2022, Insomniac building world-class engineering team for mystery multiplayer game. This is PlayStationLifestyle.net. So you figure right there, you've got three games, right? Where you have Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, and then world-class multiplayer game. You figure, <laughs> you, you wonder <laughs> how many, like, I mean, it's fluid. I'm sure people are moving around and doing whatever. Like, that seems to be the new thing for game dev, of course, as you ran, I'm sure people who are coming off of whatever they're doing right now in Spider-Man 2 are moving over to Wolverine. And if you were on Ratchet, maybe you're moving over it's to this. different monitors, maybe. you know? Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> I, I wonder if they start treating it like um, how we always talk about like Zelda and Mario games for Nintendo, where they always try to have one for each console cycle. And I wonder Every if that's generation. what like, I wonder if that's what like Ratchet is now, especially if like ignoring really the smart. 2016 remaster right um you know into the nexus was uh 2013 and then rift apart was the first like new title uh in eight years right um and even like counting ratchet and clank like that was the ps4 title and then rift apart being the ps5 title like i i think that might start being the cadence especially with all of the ip that insomniac juggles now um with their kind of just the rotation that they go through things and I wonder if just like they want to do it once a once a console generation just to kind of be like not so be not to be so creatively spent when it comes to the Marvel stuff and like take a break every once in a while. And let's do something fun with uh, Ratchet just to get away from the Marvel stuff. Every once I also think Ratchet is such a perfect he's an early of the gener- early of the generation game where it is a family game, you know, like I think early on you want to populate with some of those. So that way, when you go and buy a console for your kid. You have a game right there they can take and and, and uh, buy for them as well, and then also like, I, I it just has those vibes, right? Maybe this is just the history of Ratchet. When I think of Ratchet One, right, like I kind of think of that synonymous with the PS2 in my head as well. Um, like I think that is a good. Here's our first outing for this console, even though I know Miles Morales was literally the first game that came out for the console. But you hate Sonic. it, but you know it's the worst game that also came out for the console, and so what can I say? Monster. Uh, 
but no, I think Ratchet fits that vibe, right? Hey, let's put out one the first year or the second year of a console generation, pre generation. Again, like, to build, like you're talking about, build out. a fan base where you have the PlayStation 5 and you've been playing something incredible but adult on it. So, like, give something that can be a more family friendly game. Exactly. Uh, to round out this week in PlayStation, I got a couple of quick hits for you here. The question for you, what is Overdose? Uh, this comes from a report I'm pulling from Zarmina Khan at PlayStation Lifestyle. Kojima's horror game is codenamed Overdose and features Death Stranding actress, uh, or features a Death Stranding actress. Uh, the article reads like this. First information about the long-rumored Hideo Kojima horror game has been leaked by none other than known and reliable insider Tom Henderson. Henderson's report was aided by another insider, The Snitch, who I, I don't like that name, The Snitch, uh, who accurately leaked play, state-of-play announcements as well. According to the duo, the game is codenamed Overdose, and it features Death Stranding mama actress Sarah Margaret Qualey. Uh, mama! Insiders have seen footage of the Kojima horror game. Writing for Try Hard Guides, Henderson claimed that he saw early footage of Overdose, but was requested anonymity and couldn't share the video. From what he saw, a character portrayed by Quayley is wearing a blue dress and is seen walking through dark corridors with a flashlight. The footage in question is apparently in third-person view, but Henderson has been told that Overdose can be played in first-person mode as well. A jump scare at the end of the footage shows Game Over, followed by a Hideo Kojima game dot 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 Overdose, uh, per Henderson's description. He remains convinced that the footage is not Death Stranding 2. Fascinating stuff. I wonder if this is, one, going to be on PlayStation because there's been rumors about the Xbox Kojima yep. game. Um, but I think it's fascinating that it seems it seemingly stars the mama from Death Stranding that lines up with, I think, what Kojima would do, right? I think Kojima strikes me as one of those dudes who's like, I like these actors and actresses. I've worked with you before. I know I can work with you. I, I know, like how you work as a, a performer i'm gonna keep you and make you the, the main character of my next game it reminds me a little bit of like the midnight mass and like um um yeah those Flanagan. other i forget what they're called but like the um, haunting of hill house yeah like those netflix shows universe, like, yeah. yeah flanagan thank you like though where he reuses a lot of the same actors it's just lazy and you got little you got little people like rahul coley they worm their way in you'll never get them out now you know what exactly I mean? Yeah, he's going to be in every single thing Mike Flanagan produces. Uh, this is awesome. I, you know, again, I'm a horror game fan, as I've said already on this episode, and I love fucking Kojima. So, yeah, let's go see what you got. Uh, you know, it was such a, such a fucking goddamn tease to have PT be so close. You know what I mean? Have, have it be so awesome and then never come to fruition. So, you hope this is true. And then, selfishly, right now, I hope it's true for Summer Game Fest. I hope. You know, we we're talking about this on Games Daily. I hope that we get a, this trailer. I hope uh, plays at Summer Game Fest, and then I hope if it is Xbox Bethesda or if it is Xbox exclusive, that that Sunday we get a deeper dive or an interview with Kojima or something new. One hundred percent. I miss Kojima. I want. I, I need something new from him. Now that I've finished Death Stranding, I'm like, oh yeah, he is a. Genius. Did you finish it? I hear you finished it. Yeah, I finished it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I finished it on my um this like beautiful device. Oh, that's the Steam Deck. I've heard about that. There's a blessing show up about it right now. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Yeah, there is. I, it's me and Roger. Um, talk about it for 10 minutes and get into a deep dive. It's basically my review, review of the Steam Deck. And can you watch that on the Steam Deck? You can? Yes. Yes. Can, can I have like YouTube? Yeah. Nice. Mm. I don't know. I forget if there's a YouTube app, but you can so, access the desktop and someone do that and take a picture of it. It'd be a good promo image. That's a really good yeah. promo image. Damn. Yeah, I should do that. Jan, you're going to get someone that idea, but thank you. Janet, yeah, it's all good. Else do anything for you? Why, nothing else should be new. Um, yeah, I mean, I I like Kojima's stuff. I will say, of course, uh, horror's interesting for me because I don't I don't have a lot of history with horror, so I don't really I try I give it a try when I can, 
and we'll see how it goes. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would definitely like check this out. Uh, and as far as like the stranding and like any of my feelings towards that, like I still have not played that much of it. I've only played four hours and I was, I liked the four hours I played of it fine. Like a lot of story. I was walking around on mountains. Like I, I didn't have any beefs. I was interested in continuing. I just didn't. Cause it's like, I started that game like during, um, the holiday season. Cause I was the delivery man, AKA Santa, AKA, yep. you know, Norman Santa Ritas. I don't know. I had a whole thing for it. I had a hat and, you know, it was a whole, whole production. Um, but you yeah, put a Santa like, hat on your BB. Um, I don't know if I did that. That would have been better than what I did do. I think I just put the hat on myself, but I do have the access to one of the little BBs because Isaiah has the collector's edition with the little BB over there floating the thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like Kojima enough that I'm as much as it makes me sound like just a stan, like I'm interested in kind of anything he's working on. That's not to say that anything he does is going to be good, sure. but I want to check it out. Um, so yeah, you know, I'll hopefully we do hear more about at least whatever his next project is, even if it ends up not quite being this, uh, you know, whether it is or isn't. But yeah, it's, I mean, it seems pretty, pretty likely, I would say. Yeah, well, hopefully we hear more about it this week. I really want to see what this is. Uh, do you know what else I want to see more of? Is this game called Project M? This is one. Of, this is one I, I put in here for me. Uh, I saw it <laughs> on <laughs> Daniel Ahmad's Twitter uh, at uh, Juge X. I always forget how to pronounce this one. Tim already always corrects me every single time. Um, but he tweeted out about this game. Uh, it's a South Korean game. Uh, it's from South Korean game developer NCSoft. They announced that uh, it's Project M, an interactive narrative game that is shaped by player choices. The game is developed on Unreal Engine 5 and released on console platforms. It's aiming for ultra-realistic graphics and is set in Korea. Now, if you're watching the video version, uh, Barrett is showing gameplay footage of Project M. And this game looks dope as hell it reminds me honestly like graphically and in terms of presentation a bit of a a bit like a uh, quantic dream game but it has the trappings of uh like a korean drama to it which has me super in can't wait you you sent this through today i watched the trailer right away i was like yeah i would 100 percent like to play this i don't know if i'm as you know gung-ho ready to burn bridges as you are seeing as how once you sent it you immediately replied to yourself and said friendship ended with supermassive give me my south korean thriller narrative game like that's how you literally review are reviewing the quarry today positive damning review of the quarry and you were immediately like this game i've never i did not know existed I, I i will i'll throw it all away the but like come on look at this though Looks like I love, super, I love supermassive as that as much as the next guy, next guy but like the quarry doesn't look like this. Or more of this the next guy's me. Has a gun. <laughs> this man has a gun. That's all it took. Okay. Yeah, I do uh, like it. Awesome. They, they do a great job in this trailer of showing you the branches, like they just did of like if you hit R two in time or you don't, what'll happen there and how that'll change it. Yeah, and I just like that more games like like these are being made. Like, this is one of the genres that I love so much that we don't get enough of. For a while there, it felt like it was just. Quantic Dream and Supermassive giving us these. And then you also had, oh, you know, cool. like the, the Telltale stuff and you had the Don't Nod and uh, Deck Nine stuff. But I feel like even that is more along the lines of choose your own adventure, very stylistic. I like the realistic fidelity. Like this looks like it has movie cinematic presentation to it. Like I like that kind of stuff. And I love that Supermassive has created their own niche in terms of we're doing horror, we're doing campy, teen, and sometimes adult horror and like dark anthology stuff. Whereas I love that this looks like a it's going to be a sci-fi thriller more along the lines of something that I would expect from a quantum dream except it, it, well, it, looks, it looks a little bit like Detroit right in terms of yeah. what yeah. it's doing and stuff like that but I think honestly it is we've seen a trailer so it's hard to say I think it looks better same based yeah, on what I'm seeing there in terms of a trailer and the trailers next to each other and what you're doing I would think it looks better than that 
Well, now it's time for PlayStation Picks. This is where we talk about what's coming out this week, and we each of us talk about uh, the pick on PlayStation that we've been playing. Let's start off with the drop. Of course, the Quarry has come out for PS5 and PS4 on Friday, June 10th. And then there's this game called Basketball Breakthrough Gaming Arcade. Uh, Barry, you can pull up the gameplay. The description reads as this. A game- no, this is, you're doing the thing. This is the people. This is the ball, people. This is Z- I know, ZJ this the is ball. The ZJ, that's actually why I pulled Breakthrough games with the cross in it. What are you doing? Why are you, you guys yelled at me about promoting them? Why are you promoting them? I, 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 I put this on here for you. Popping? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I put this on here for you. I figured this would be one that you'd really like. Of course. I just uh, game this stuff. A game in the Breakthrough Gaming Arcade series, this game's release is part of Breakthrough Gaming's Bible Video Game Sundays. Purchase and play our new Christian-themed video games released every Sunday morning in the PlayStation Store today. Remember, I did a whole expose on this, ladies and gentlemen. The teachings of Jesus. Do not fall for this, ladies and gentlemen. It's just a way to make money. They're they're abusing Jesus for this. It's like me saying I quit cigarettes. It's like I say I quit quit cigarettes. Blessing blows smoke in my face. Yeah, but did you ever quit? Did you ever quit the cigarettes? Yeah, Yeah, you guys told me to kick the junk, and I kicked the junk. I deleted them live, and I've never gone back to ZJ. It sounds like you do more cold turkey, which like famously like does not work for a lot of people, though, Greg. Well, look at me. It's worked. I haven't done it since. How's that? Greg, get a a quick hit. I'll I'll get a ZJ the ball platinum right now. Don't worry about it. Why are you being the devil right now? Because I saw it and I was like, I can't believe these are still coming out. I would have thought that maybe our new Sunday, bro. We got to rearrange the cameras so that you can be on like one shoulder and I'm on the other. (laughs) (laughs) I know that somebody from PlayStation listens to this podcast. Why do you keep letting this happen? Money. Do something about these. It's a free open marketplace. Free marketplace, plus. Like the cigarette analogy is apt. We shouldn't be letting kids get their hands on cigarettes. We need some kind of regulation on these Bible breakthrough gaming. We can't let Greg Miller get his hands on these. I'm not doing them. You know what I mean? I stopped. Mm-hmm. What did you want mm-hmm. from me? Now that I've dangled in front of you, you're going to do it, though. I can no, see it in your eyes. No, no, no. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. You this want, show's you so, do so fucking bad. weird. I won't do it. I won't do it. I won't give in oh. to you, you temptress. <laughs> Stay away from me. <laughs> Greg Miller, what'd you pick to play on PlayStation this week? Uh, it's funny, again, the time warp thing, because I originally put down Redacted, <laughs> forgetting, of course, this actually goes live after it. So I can say I played the quarry. I've, I've beaten the quarry. I've played through the quarry. Right next to me here, quarry is playing in movie mode. I, I wanted to make sure I understood what that was because I think it's a really cool idea, and it turns out it is a really cool idea. So it's just playing next to me. Are you familiar with movie mode for the quarry, uh, Bless? I actually did not get the chance to check out movie mode for it. Do you want to explain it for me? Sure, ladies and gentlemen. So of course, the quarry is a super massive game. Uh, folks who did Until Dawn, the folks who did are, are doing the Dark Pictures anthology. Uh, of course, the quarry is the one that's coming from 2K. Uh, we have a full review up right now. Uh, it's a kind of funny games cast for you to get on audio podcast services and youtube.com slash kind of funny games where myself, Blessing, Joey, and Snowbike Mike talk at length about it but if you've ever played a super massive game before and you've definitely seen them evolve from until or you then you would have definitely seen them evolve from until dawn and you know add in the multiplayer and the past the controller and all that jazz uh one of the new things for uh the quarry is movie mode which basically you click movie mode and you decide either everyone lives everyone dies or you do director's chair which you then go in and go character by character pick what they do under pressure, what they would do in a conversation, what they would do fight or flight, what they would do just looking around the world, right? So like making like, you know, they'd be passive, they'd be aggressive, they'd be this, they'd be into, they'd be smart, they'd be dumb, clumsier, you know, ad- adept, I think is the other one. And then there's another one that's called Gorefest, which is like the bloodiest thing ever. Anyways, you pick that or set that, you hit it and it just plays as a movie. So that's now awesome. there's you're not doing any of the gameplay. The gameplay segments don't happen, which if you've never played one, you might think is super jarring. But usually a gameplay segment in the game is 
and I'm talking about like not a choice in the game because it just auto picks choices for conversations based on what you've done or what would go on. But it's more of like when you're you, in these games, you get unleashed into an, an area, right? That you walk around and explore and eventually, you know, you open a door or you find an item that then triggers another cutscene that you might make choices of dialogue in, but that's the gameplay section. Those gameplay sections are skipped. It's not like the computer walks around the world. Instead, it just goes cutscene to cutscene. And so you might miss a bit of context, but I, I was watching the prologue before we went live and I was listening and I didn't feel like you missed that much. And as I glance over, I really don't feel like you're missing that much. Uh, so it's a nice way uh, for somebody like me that I'm always like, man, I love playing these games, but it's always so hard for me to replay a game period, let alone replay a game where it's like, I want to make one choice different, or I want to see what would happen if this one thing happened. It's a, yeah, obviously a hard thing to sell to be like, well, I'm going to play another eight hours to get to that choice to see what happens there. This is a cool option. I think to toss it up and just let it play and see, look over and see what's going on or really engage with it. I've already seen them find stuff that I did not see engaging conversations. I did not engage in stuff like that. So that's really interesting. Uh, of course the games cast review is up. You can go check it out. I urge you to do it. Uh, I, I think, I'm going to say it on the Gamescast eventually, I'm sure. But like in a weird, it's weird, but Supermassive is one of my favorite video game developers. And I don't mean that they make the best video games. They're just like, if they're making a game, I know I'm going to be entertained. I know I'm going to be interested. And even when I don't like it, like Man of Medan, I think I'm going to have something to say interestingly about that because I'm not a student of the game, but I've played all these games they put out and I really enjoy these horror games they put out. And it's the same for The Quarry. Uh, I had a great time with The Quarry. Uh, Bless, you've played it. I don't want to give away review scores or anything like that, make people go watch the other video, but you've enjoyed it as well, right? Yeah, I've, I've, I loved The Quarry. I think it's the best that Supermassive has done since Until Dawn. And I think the big part of that is that it seems like this is one that they're allowed to scope a little bit bigger than sure. than um, the dark picture stuff, because those are usually shorter. Those are also focused more toward co-op and multiplayer. And The Quarry feels like, no, this is meant to be played either with, maybe with a group of friends on the same couch or just by yourself. And so playing this through and actually spending the eight to nine hours it took me to, to beat the game, I enjoyed having more time and more space for the stories and the characters to develop and i think the actors and actresses and the characters in this one really brought it like every no actor feels wasted um like they all have their own personalities own things like uh, i i i've had a blast with it and now that you've talked about movie mode that's the thing that excites me because i kind of want to go back and see the other things that i didn't do sure. one of the things that we talked about um leading up to this game's release is like there was one new story about how many different endings that the game had and it was an un like unmanageable amount seemingly it's like how am i gonna how am i gonna see this shit right i'm sure a lot of them are more small changes from ending to ending but even still it's like Oh, that seems like a lot. And now that I've finished the game, I'm like, shit, I really want to see how things can go. Like, I've already, I've already gone back, replayed the final chapter to see um, uh, different stuff because I fucked up real hard the first time. And I'm sure I'll talk about this more on uh, Gamescast. But yeah, no, I it, I recommend it to anybody who likes Supermassive. And I'm right there with you that, you know, I don't know if I'd say they're my, my one of my favorite developers. Maybe they are. Honestly, maybe they are. But um, they're a developer that I'm so glad exists the way they do, where they've found their bag and they've leaned into it leaned into it so hard i don't think people sure. i don't think any other developer can make this specific kind of game as good as supermassive does in terms of the horror choose your own adventure cinematic experience like they've mastered that and now um it seems like they're gonna make this for the foreseeable future and it has me more than excited because i think they not that they knock it out of the park each time, but at the very least, like you there's something i pull away from it like i they're always at the very least enjoy the experience yeah exactly exactly Janet, what have you been playing this week? What was your pick on PlayStation? I'm playing Solar Ash, which that game came out at the end of last year, which I thought it was way older than that in my mind. Um, so that's kind of trippy. But yeah, like I had, it's funny because it's like not a very busy time in terms of cranking out like 
reviews left and right or playing a bunch of AAA games at once. But uh, any time can be busy if you don't plan enough. <laughs> so I definitely have, <laughs> have had some busyness with, you know, getting like my card shark review up and doing other things behind the scenes. And finally, I'm just like, you know what? I want to just really relax. Like, I don't really spend a lot of time relaxing, which I know sounds super toxic, but like, you know, in, the, in between the grind, it's like, and then doing house stuff. It's like, when am I really chilling? Not a whole lot, but I had played a bit of um, Solar Ash, maybe like two hours so far. And I'm like, you know what? I had it and I had it already installed, the classic on the dashboard. And I'm like, I want to play this and, and hang out because I really like how the movement feels in this game. And the visuals are just absolutely stunning. Like, I definitely am not. It's a weird one for me because I don't necessarily like recommend it to everyone. I think if you like the art of it and you like the idea of skating around, give it a give it a go. <laughs> but it's not like a highly recommended game for me, but I really enjoy it. It's a game that I have a lot of fun playing. Um, and I'm also not a big fan of the soundtrack. Like it fits the themes, but I'm just not in, into it. Like instead, I put on like the music that I roller skate to and then I just hang what music out. Do you roller and I just, skate to? I have a playlist um, that I just make. So it's stuff like, um, let me, I have like a couple of playlists. Is it on but Spotify? Yeah, it's on Spotify. Sure. It's stuff right. like, um, God, where is it now? It's stuff like uh, Lost by Frank Ocean. Um, oh, yeah. Just uh, maybe like Daydreaming. I don't remember the name of the artist, but like just Big different. Answer. Yeah, the Kick Push. I do have Kick Push on there actually. Um, and I'm like, no, this is so accurate because I've been kicked out so many places kidding. Uh, Dare by Gorillas, Figured Out by Blue Tiger, Comb My Hair by Pretty Boy Aaron. Scrambled by Havelock. Oh, what you won't do for love by Bobby Caldwell. Mm, Dude, so yes, good. yes, I love that song. Yeah, um, I'll link this somewhere on the internet. Um, you know, Unknown Brother Black Keys, Hotel California, like stuff like that. So um, I'll just put that on and hang out and skate. And I was like drinking my beer and I was just chilling. Uh, and I probably would have finished it, but I, it got kind of late in the night. And I'm like, all right, well, I, I want to be able to go to sleep and stuff. But I had like full gamer mode. I had like the beer. I had the pizza rolls. <laughs> like I even I even went next level and, and charged my PlayStation headset. Because like, so, I feel like the, but I, uh, well, I was saying to put it on because it was, it was dead. But I was like, I want to really like get into the audio and stuff and i was like hanging out i saw on my on my dashboard too that bless you were playing knockout city because i was like oh like what's what's what are people doing online and i sent you some of my random clips because i'm like bless i don't remember what this game i don't remember what this game is but i figured it out and it's like it, it, it does have a story but it's a game that i'm playing purely for the vibes and i know this isn't does isn't super meaningful for people that do already are fans of gaming casually and don't make content but for me like there's so many games that i'm doing content for that like even if i want to zone out I kind of have to pay attention because it's like, well, I want to communicate, you know, what the game does well, what it does and all these different details. But for this, I'm like, I'm just here. You're what here are they talking about? I'm clicking X. I'm just trying to skate and step next thing it, in the eye. But it's, it's so Ash beautiful. Also. And I think part of that is, honestly, I didn't find Solar Ash's world that compelling compared to other games yeah. that do similar things. Because, you know, when I compared to Solar Ash is, is uh, the Pathless and then mm -hmm. Shadow Colossus. And I feel like those worlds, when done well, they leave breadcrumbs where it's like, Oh, what what the fuck happened here? Or like, oh shit, like this structure is crumbled in a very specific way. Like, what the fuck is going on? And like, you know, those games do such a good job at not having story. Like Shadow Colossus, at its like, I think the genius of it is that they tell you nothing, but like the things that they tell you make you ask so many interesting questions. And Solar Ash, I think, tries to do some similar things, but then it also tries to talk too much in terms of some dialogue stuff that you have with uh, some of the recurring characters in there. Where I'm like, no, nah, don't give this to me. Like, I'm fine just existing in this world. Yeah, it's funny because playing it, I did think of Shadow of the Colossus, and I'm like, do I want to show the Colossus? I'm like, no, I don't, no, I don't. It's fine, I'll leave it alone. But 
I don't know, maybe, because I do like the really big creatures, and they do, like, fun stuff with, um, I feel like the boss battles do remind me of the pathless boss battles, which, like, I thought the boss battles were the weakest part of the game, but, yeah, I mean, the TLDR is, I really love this game, even though I don't think it's necessarily a must-play, um, but, I don't know, maybe look into just, you know, the art, the movement, if you think you'll have fun doing that, you're probably right, uh, that's what I've been using it as, like, I'm zoning out, I'm, I'm hanging out, and I get to do these really elaborate and gorgeous encounters that feel really satisfying to pull off so i'm having fun with solar ash i'll uh, hopefully I, go back to it i will say solar ash has also been my example of what i want the next sonic game to be like we me and tim did the um, um reaction to the sonic stream that they did this morning and they showed a little bit more gameplay and it was a little bit more boss stuff but it seems like that game is going for a lot of big boss fights where it is you hit the boss's weak spot they then open up you then climb the boss you then hit the boss's weak spots on their head which sounds very shadow colossus but also sounds very solar ash the shadow so classification of games which, you know that's my dream but also my dream is for those games to do it well and sonic the hedgehog i think has a good in direction but in execution is looking very rough and solar ash mm. i i also didn't think was perfect in that stuff with the big colossal boss fights but i do think did it fairly good you know i think it felt it was fun to like skate like on the arms and all that stuff and work your way to the weak spot and do all all that i think that is such fun gameplay because it is that mix of combat and puzzle and when you do that stuff well i think it could be great and yeah like i keep pointing to, to solar ash as sonic hedgehog wants to do this like just give it time and like just just copy it verbatim like look <laughs> at what solar ash did <laughs> and just do that and so shout out to that for that bless what's your playstation pick this week uh, I said it before, but Street Fighter Five. I've been playing a lot of that um, over the last five days. Uh, ever since they announced Street Fighter Six, I've just gotten that itch. And I've said before that I'm somebody who uh, traditionally isn't a Street Fighter person. I tend to gravitate toward pretty much every other fighting game except for Street Fighter. That, but that has changed in a big way uh, the last few days. Like I bought Street Fighter Five. It was on sale. And I'll forget if it's still on sale, but it was on sale for like uh, 15 bucks, something like that. And then I got the season pass for it for the latest season, season five. And that was like 12 bucks. And that got me the rest of the characters that I didn't have. And I've been utterly shocked with how much of a blast I've been having with this game. The thing that I've heard from fans of Street Fighter is that Street Fighter Five it had a rough launch, which is partly why I didn't stick with it. But then also it um the it's gotten better over time uh, and like. Playing it, I think, is evident. I really like the new characters that they that they have in there. I've been playing as Luke. Luke is the character that they talk about as being the future of Street Fighter, and so you see him in the trailer for uh, Street Fighter Six. He's like a boxing, close-range melee kind of dude. And playing as him, the more I play as him, the more I'm like, yeah, no, if this guy's the future, then I think the future is bright because I want to see more characters that play like this because he's easy to pick up and play. He has uh, pretty easy combo systems, right? Like he has like a, if you t just on PlayStation 5 controller, if you just tap triangle, he has like a four hit combo, which I'm down with that easy shit. Give me the easy button inputs. Uh, he has really cool style to him. Like he has ink blot stuff that will um, uh, come out from his from his character as he's pulling up, pulling out cool moves. And so if he does the um, uppercut, like stuff, ink blot style stuff will pop out. And it's just really cool imagery. And it seems like that stuff is very much appearing um, in full force in Street Fighter VI. Um, but with that said, right, like I think the big reason why Street Fighter V is actually working for me this time around is because I've been hopping around within the last year quite a few different fighting games that I think have been secretly prepping me for it. And so I've been playing Guilty Gear Strive, which is an Arc System Works <laughs> game that is pretty fun that I talked about last year. Most, most recently, I was playing King of Fighters 15, and I was playing quite a bit of that. And I really enjoyed King of Fighters 15. Again, it's a similar 2D fighting game, uh, 3v3, switch between, between characters type thing. And as I've been playing Street Fighter, I'm like, oh, 
this has just been the games that I've been playing. Like Street Fighter really is the blueprint. And now that I've allowed myself to enjoy those games, I'm enjoying Street Fighter Five so much more. And I'm like, I've I've just been in it, right? I've also gone back and I played more <laughs> Street Fighter Three Third Strike. I play, I booted up Street Fighter Alpha Two, and now I'm like, I'm in this mode where I'm just going through these different Street Fighter games that I played as a kid, and now and also that I I want to experience more of. But um, yeah, no, I've I've been enjoying it a lot. Well, ladies and gentlemen. We've been enjoying doing this show with you, but guess what? It's time for us to go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and do the post show that you can get over there. Of course, you can get every, each and every episode of PS I Love You XOXO on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames ad-free. You could write in to be part of it. You could be a Patreon producer. You can usually watch us record it live. And, of course, you get those benefits for the games cast and all the other shows as well. However, if you have no bucks tossed our way, no big deal. YouTube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe each and every week for a brand spanking new episode usually on Fridays, but of course, stray embargo. This time, SGF this week. There was just too much to make it happen on normal. But like I said, we're going to Patreon. You should come follow us. But if you don't, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.